thank you for choosing to listen to the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast in a really amazing selection of other podcasts indicative of the recruitment market and the business market for whatever reason you're listening now. We just want to say thank you for choosing us. We couldn't do this without our sponsor and our partners. We're going to talk about them a little bit later on in the show, but thank you to Pager, our sponsors, and our partners, Inclusion Crowd and Needy. And without further ado, let's jump in to get to know this week's guest. Oh, this is a podcast, be all podcast. What a way to start 2024. I have the pleasure of introducing to you all, if you don't already know, Pete Watson, who is the founder of Mint R2R, based over in Melbourne in, in Australia. And he has uh, 20 years as a rector rec, comprised that was a tech recruiter. He's also the host of the Recruiters Wagon podcast. So today's conversation, we put the world to rights on recruitment. We talk about his early recruitment journey. We talk about if you're listening as a trainee or early on in your career, advice from Pete on that and from me. Uh, we talk about the um, journey that he took to become sober himself. And then we talk about what the recruiter's wagon is. But don't worry, we're not just talking about booze the whole time. What we are talking about is well-being. And we're talking about diversity and inclusion and creating a safe space for everybody in recruitment. So thank you for joining us. Please make sure to comment if you have enjoyed this podcast and to share it to anybody that you feel might need some support if they are on their early sober journey or equally anybody that's either looking to relocate to Australia as a rector rec or wants some advice on their career. But thank you so much for joining us on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. And without further ado, let's jump in. We are so proud at the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to be sponsored by Pager. Pager helps recruiters to build personal brands to identify new business opportunities, to attract those hard-to-find candidates, and to basically have better conversations. Now, you will have a large network that you want to build credibility with on LinkedIn, and sometimes posting content every day feels impossible. Now, that changes once you have Pager. Pager provides you with the ideas, the content, and the scheduling capability for, to produce daily content to build out your own personal brand in minutes and for business development too. Pager identifies companies that are advertising jobs, have key hiring indicators such as funding rounds, mergers, acquisitions or senior appointments and then alerts you to this daily. Pager also enables you to write candidate-centric job adverts without bias in seconds. So once you advertise your job, Pager will then automatically create a branded post and publish it to LinkedIn without you even having to lift a finger. So when you want to actively source candidates, you can create complex Boolean strings in seconds. All you need to do is to provide the job title and location. Now, Pager is making thousands and thousands of recruiters smarter and faster. For more information, click on the link pager.co to book your demo. And remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when inquiring. Now, back to the episode. This is Leisha Holmes, and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. And I am 
excited on so many levels today not least are we going international i'm inviting somebody from i guess from the dark side if that's how people see Rectorac, mm. a fellow Rectorac, but also a fellow podcast host and a fellow teetotaler as well so there's lots of different things going on in today's conversation and a, and a, and a fellow northerner fellow and a fellow northerner, northerner but I'm, i don't i haven't mm. actually checked off camera which football team you support so you've already heard his voice so without further ado let me welcome to our lovely community today this is Pete watson who is the founder of mint r2r and also the host of the recruiters wagon podcast welcome to you today pete how are you very well, Alicia. Sorry to, for interrupting you there. Very unprofessional. Right. I'm very well. How are you? Don't mind. I am. Well, I'm wonderful. I, I'm recording this at the start of the day in the UK. In the UK, and you're recording it at the end of the Australian day. And I think it's the heat wave there when we're recording this in January. Thirty-three degrees, and uh, it's it's horrible. Anything anything above twenty-four degrees, I turn mm. into the miserable northerner that I actually am. You turn into possibly how I am, because I'm in a bit of an English show. As I always say, 22, 23 is about right for me, and then anything above that yeah. is just unpleasant. Yeah. Well, I can't believe that anybody that's on my LinkedIn community, or if you're listening to this via the podcast channels, doesn't know who you are. But for those who are maybe not sure, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. I'm sure there are millions. <clears throat> um, who, who am I and what, I, what do I do? So I am Pete Watson, and I own uh, Mint R2R. We are a small but in our own little way, a global wreck to wreck. Uh, my business partner, friend and colleague, Frank Wadsworth, um, as you know, uh, is over there in Manchester and I'm over here in Australia. We have been going, Alicia, next month. We've been going for 20 years. Wow, um, congratulations. Yeah. That is remarkable. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. that's amazing. Well done. Makes me feel very old and very proud mm. in equal measure. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and for 20 years, we've been relocating UK recruiters into Australia and, and obviously work in the domestic market as well. Uh, I'm based in Melbourne. What else do you nice. want to know? What else do you want to know? What, Five well, what, did you, what did you do? What did you do before Rectorac? Well, again, me and Frankie, me and Frankie started out together. So we started out at the infamous, notorious progressive computer recruitment in oh, Manchester. Really? I was on the firm side doing a very average job. Frank was on the contract <laughs> side doing a much better job than I. Mm. Then he buggered off to Australia before I did. Right. Um, and then when, when I arrived in Melbourne, I thought, right, who do I know? Who do I know in Australia? And I, I knew one singular person mm. and that was Frankie Wadsworth, Frank. who, who was entrenching himself in the Melbourne market, was rapidly becoming a million dollar biller. Um, was building a team, just basically turning to golden balls of. of <laughs> There's no jealousy and, um, here whatsoever, is there? <laughs> no, no bitterness whatsoever. And then he became my best client, and we used to catch up regularly. And I used to tell him, you know, how well my little rhetoric was going. And he was gradually becoming sick of corporate life. Mm -hmm. And somehow, don't quite know how it happened, but about eleven or twelve years ago, he joined Mint Artois and. Um, We've been very happily skipping off into the sunset ever since. Absolutely. I love the way that you uh, do take the piss out of each other publicly on LinkedIn sometimes. I mean, I've, I've known Frank not quite as long as you. He, when he was over, back over here in Manchester, he'd moved back from um, Australia. He became one of my best clients as I was growing out his Manchester team. And I did a really good job and we just got on fantastically well. And then he kind of went a bit AWOL. And the next thing you know, he directed to wreck and he rang me. I mean, I still speak to Frank and I have to say a huge shout out. He's an, it was, again, he's one of the good guys. And, you know, for anyone listening who's intrigued, you'll have heard of my recent podcast with Susanna and with Callum. 
you know, I've got a huge amount of time for people that come and do the rep to rep market, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, but yeah, Frank, Frank deserves his own little accolade, I think, on here. But 20 years is a phenomenal journey. It really is. And I mean, obviously, as we sort of set out 2024, where do you see the recruitment market? What's it like? I don't know whether you'll get feedback from Frank that it's any different, but what's it like from your perspective? What are you seeing? Just before I answer the, the question about the markets, Felicia, do you mind if I ask you why Frank wasn't invited onto your Rec Direct podcast? It's because it's a bit boring, isn't it? Um, it's, boring? it's because he it's hasn't boring. got a podcast. Yeah, and he's boring. He's not boring. He's delightful. <laughs> he's, he hates he's boring. it. He's boring and he hasn't got a face <laughs> for podcasts. Um, he has, because you, oh, has. You, you're the absolute professional here. That's why out the two of you. We should have got him, we should have got him on as well, shouldn't we? No, I don't want to share any time with Wadsworth. <laughs> um, sorry to put you on the spot there. Right, so um, I don't mind. How's, the how's the market looking? Um, look, I, I reckon I've had that conversation 88 times already in the mm. week and a half that the market's been reopened. Um, what I will say is the sentiment appears to be incredibly uh, high and hopeful and positive. Um, there's a strong argument that it's way too early to you know, point to any evidence that the market is going to be okay in 2024. Um, but people are talking the market up. People are just upbeat. And I reckon that's half the battle. Mm -hmm. You know, what comes out of people's mouths is half the battle. Um, but I haven't yet spoken to anybody who doesn't think it's going to be better than last year. Mm. Um, what I would say is I don't think last year was a bad year. I just think no. last year was a normal year. Yeah. Well, that could be the name of the podcast, actually. I mean, I've been doing Rec to Rec for 22 years. Um, key recruitment's not quite as old. We're catching you up. I think I'm going to be a nine. No, I'm 19 this year. There you go. So just behind yeah. you. And I agree with you. I think 2023, we actually had financially our best year. <laughs> um, yeah. And which, you know, that's a lot of bloody hard work. And that doesn't include all the dropouts, which were inevitable. It happens even to the best of us. I think what what you've just said there, frankly, is absolutely spot on. I think very often recruiters you know with the oracle of what's happening in the job market obviously um and i think what we saw last year was inevitable based on the face the fake boom of, of post-covid wasn't it let's be honest everybody went into this frenzy i don't want i personally and professionally don't want 2022 again because it felt frantic it felt like you anybody could do the job and that's actually not why i'm in the recruitment industry i think that we are far more sophisticated than that i think that where we're at right now at the start of 2024 and if you're listening to this later on in the archive my prediction is it will be exactly the same as 2023 i think it will be the better recruiters will do great those recruiters who rely on transactional you know crappy jobs sending out mail shots not actually cutting all the corners basically they they will probably moan that it's another really hard year that's my view it used to bug the hell out of me when people would say to me you know during that boom period they would say to me, oh, my God, you must be making a fortune because, like, everybody's mm. on fire and everybody's mm. screaming out for, for mm. recruiters. I said, well, think about it. All those recruiters, they're all making money. They're all yeah. happy in their jobs and, and they've been unhappy <laughs> for quite a long time. And now suddenly they're happy. Why yeah. on earth would they be looking for a job? Absolutely. My, my, job has, my job's never been harder. Um, mm. In fact, during that period, I did something that I haven't done for, you know, 18, 19 years. I started placing rookies um because oh, the demand nice. for rookies was so high and you know what yeah. Yeah. I, I absolutely loved it i absolutely yeah. loved it because you're suddenly working with young people at the beginning of their mm -hmm. career yeah and they value your advice they listen absolutely to 
they take it on board. You, you're going to be giving them a, you know, a, a, a step onto the first rung of the career ladder. They really appreciate it when you place them, and it was just very rewarding, um, yeah, as opposed to the the battles that you have with experienced recruiters, mm. who of course know way better. Well, that's true, uh, as we do. I think what you've said there, I, I've gone all goosebumpy actually, because like you, I tend to work in the more senior experience market because I think that's where my value and knowledge is. However, I will never turn away anybody that's at the start of their recruitment career journey who, you know, I guess I see the potential in them. I see yeah. the right skills, the right mindset, the right attitude, and the right aptitude. Uh, and I yeah. think it's the most joyful thing to take somebody on that journey because that's it's a very paternal, you know, pastoral maternal instinct isn't it to help young people but actually for our industry it's vital um and i think i just want to make a point as well that you you've worked through the recession before because you've been doing this for 20 years and i think what people don't recognize that maybe have a sort of you know quite new in recruitment i.e post 2009 um is that you earn your reputation if you have integrity as a value on your wall though you have honesty the only way you prove that is actually when it's a better market because you will not try and pull people out of jobs that actually shouldn't be moving jobs right now. And that's, I know that's, and I know Frank's the same, and obviously my, Laura and Shannon are the same at Key Recruitment as well, but we do the right thing by people. Um, yeah. And I think that's a really important point to make. So no, I, I agree with you totally. Who knows? Because my crystal ball is, you know, it's in my bag somewhere. Um, who knows? But I, I think between us, we've got, oh my God, 40 odd years in Rectorac. That's just disgusting. Um, but anyway, can, so, can, I, can, um, I, can I can I turn the tables and ask you a question, Alicia? Yeah. Can the interviewee become the interviewer just for one question? Of course. It depends what the question is, but go for it. If you had your time again, mm. would you still choose Rec to Rec? Oh my, I had this conversation this morning because I actually had a, an offer accepted by an, a gorgeous lady who listens to this podcast. She's been listening for a year and this is her first career move. So she's just done about 16 months. and. I have two offers for her, one of which is doing the American tech market and the other one is doing very high level engineering across Europe and America as well. And I did engineering. I don't know if you know that I, I was engineering recruitment in the 90s. I should have been a colleague of yours in Frank's actually. I, I had an offer at S3. Uh, I don't know if you know this. And um, they they shared a car park with Primetime, which was where my other offer was. And I was very, I, I was actually undecided. I didn't know whether to go tech with S3 or engineering with prime time. And what put me off is that they were showing me all the cars at S3. They're going, look at all the Porsches. And I was like, I just want the money. I don't care about the car. And it just really put it just really put me off. It's a bit, a bit convoluted that. Um, however, this is a very long way of answering your question. If I could go back to Leisha of 1998, I would have gone to tech. I, I would have stuck with tech because I, I mean, I was a top biller in engineering. I just absolutely nailed it. Uh, I was doing like half a million quid without even blinking, literally without blinking, just working my core hours. I never worked like um and i look at the opportunity in america i look at the opportunity in, in europe i look at the opportunity where it's always going to be talent short and obviously anything with stem is always good we're just always going to be in a deficit of talent we always are so yeah. my advice to anyone that I, that I interview is i guess you you when you come to an expert like us we are by virtue giving our advice based on maybe subconsciously what you've just asked me which is what would we do in your situation if we're not you I'm not anyone else I'm just me but yes I think I love rec to rec I couldn't do anything else now that's the reality I couldn't I love it I literally I'm so passionate about our industry and I think you know I've got another 17 years of work before I can retire 
because uh, I turned the big five over this year. 17 yeah, six, years? Six, 67 you retire. I can retire at 67. Okay. Yeah, no, but you won't be doing rector rector 67, surely. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that if I'm going to give it my best shot at giving value back to this industry, which for me is what it's all about now, it has yeah. to be in the in the industry that you know i've been in for the last i accidentally fell into it 22 years ago i was doing a, a different market so I, th I love that you've asked me that question and i love that i know you turn the tables on me but, but we're gonna run out of time if you keep asking me questions. i know i know I and i love it and we could have we could have a, we could have a whole season but kitchen making food is going to burn the kitchen down it's going to burn I was the house say, down if you if you read a story online about a house fire in melbourne caused by a chicken <laughs> it's, stir fry it's, it's down it's, to the recruiters recruitment podcast so we were supposed to be joined not by frank wadsworth today but by hannah rogers who joins you with the recruiter blog. can you just talk a little bit because most people are like what are you talking about and by the way we're not pitching anything here we're not being evangelical or preachy before we start this bit of the conversation but it's really important because anyone that does follow me knows how passionate i am as a sober warrior so talk to me about the recruiters wagon how did it come about well we are pitching it we're, but we're not we're not being preachy, but we're definitely pitching. No. It. Okay. Um, okay. So about three years ago, I decided to do because I, I don't drink. Right? I haven't drank for eleven years. And, right. Um, so about three years ago, I decided to do a podcast with uh, a group of other recruiters who don't drink, and I knew a couple. I didn't know that many. <laughs> I remember reaching out to you and asking you to get mm. involved, but we couldn't, mm. couldn't get the. Uh, no, we couldn't because of the time difference. The time we, we couldn't yeah. at the time. Yeah. So I put something on LinkedIn, right? And I said, "Does any are there any uh, recruiters out there who don't drink who would like to come on a podcast?" And I wouldn't I wouldn't say I was inundated, but I quickly had seven of them, and and it was like incredibly easy to find these people. And we went on the podcast. The podcast can obviously be found on Spotify. It's a few years old now, and um, the response to it was amazing. Um, people just loved the fact that recruiters could exist successfully in this industry without without drinking. Um, and I say when when I say in this industry, in an industry which has famously, notoriously leaned on alcohol um, for all kinds of cel celebrations and commiserations, commiserations. Mm -hmm. since, since day dot. And um, I didn't I didn't intend it to go anywhere, but I, I couldn't ignore the sort of uh, response that it had. So shortly after that, I started a whatsapp group and uh shortly after that i grew a pair of balls and just started talking about it more publicly um, mm -hmm. and the fact that i didn't drink um why do, well and, let me just pause you why do you say grow a set of balls that implies that you needed to be brave about it why why were you reticent to do that for me personally yeah mm -hmm. um why? i remember I remember doing the podcast with Sean Anderson because Sean wanted to talk mm. about it as well. Mm. And I said to him, I said to him in the podcast, I think at the time I spoke to, to Sean, I was eight, eight years without a drink. And I think I said to Sean, if you'd asked me to do this podcast six years ago, I would have denied even knowing what you were talking about. If you mm. asked me to do the podcast four years ago, I would have been, nah, mate, it's, mm. it's my business, it's nobody else's business. But you asked me to do it now, I'm proud, I'm proud. And yeah, I'm, and I'm and I'm happy to talk about it. It just took me it took me a while to get there. Is the reality of it? And mm. um, anyway, so I got there and I started talking about it on on LinkedIn. And you know, within I don't know how long it took. It didn't take long to grow that small WhatsApp group from six or seven people to well over a hundred. Um, wow! And this, and this WhatsApp group, and they're all recruiters. And and this mm. WhatsApp group consists of people like me, 
and you, mm. uh, who haven't mm. drunk, drunk for a long time, and Hannah, of course. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And then it consists of people who are early on in their yeah. uh, journey with alcohol. There are people who are still drinking and want to stop drinking, yeah. um, but are maybe struggling. Um, yes. And it's just, you know, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter what no. stage of your journey you're in. It's very inclusive, anybody, isn't it? Mm. Anybody's welcome. Anybody's welcome. There are people There are people who've left the group when I've reached out to them for feedback and I said, hey, I know you've left the group. I just wondered if there's anything I can take on as feedback. Mm. And they said, well, I felt like I was being a bit of a fake because I still drink. I don't want to drink, but I'm still drinking. And I'm mm. like, hey, come back instantly because you yeah. are welcome. Um, yeah. You know, and all it is, it isn't anything fancy. It doesn't claim to be anything other than a group of recruiters who don't drink, who mm. lean on each other, support each other, advise each other. Yeah. yeah, mentor each other. D dare I use the word? There's, there's, excuse the pun. That dare I use the word accountability? I think that when I because yeah. I tend to I'm 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 quite an observer in this group actually just because like everyone we're all manically busy. I don't I don't maybe contribute as much as I would like to at the moment. But some of the feedback that I'd like to give on it is that I think you're talking there about sober curious people, of which I think there are lots. So that you know, probably yeah. where you were eleven and a half years ago, it's probably where I was seven and a half years ago. I was yeah. I moderated for ten months, which I would now class as sober curious. I was scared to yeah. give up what I thought was my link to social interaction, to relaxing, to joy, all the things you've said, to you know, chilling out yeah. at the end of a stressful day. And it's it takes time to to do that. And I think some of the most poignant conversations that I've witnessed on in that group, which is a really safe space, everybody. It's really important to know that that's like no judgment. It's really safe. No one's no one's trying to be a counsellor. It's just this is what I've done. And I think very often when you're on a journey like sobriety, I imagine it's the same as a fitness journey. You you do look up to people who who are steps ahead of you. And I think that's what's really unique about the recruiters wagon that you know, you've got people like you that have been sober for over 10 years and you've got people who are literally saying, I'm on day three, I'm on day 10, yeah. I'm on a hundred day. And it's, it's absolutely wonderful because, but there's also no judgment. You know, there's, I know there's been people in the group who've sort of fessed up that they've maybe slipped off the wagon. And, yeah. you know, it, if you listen to any of the podcasts where it's with people far more intelligent than me, where it's psychologists and scientists and nutritionists and things like that, when you are creating new habits, you are going to break them at some point. It is inevitable. So don't be hard on yourself. But I think that's what I like about the group, that the whole culture that you have created and you have to take absolute, you know, kudos for this is you have created a space where there's there is no judgment and no one feels gaslit at all for doing that and i like yeah, that well, i you. think it's really special no it's true i, I won't i won't I, I look i'm thank you I'm, re I'm really proud of it i'm really proud of it i think it could it could it could do more it could it could probably be a bit you know slicker and more structured and okay. whatever but it's but it's, mm. it is literally just a bunch of recruiters that don't drink yeah um but but it's it's it achieves in its own little way, it, it achieves some nice things. I, I won't name her name, uh, mm. obviously, but there's there's one particular lady who um, was pretty low uh, mm. in her situation with alcohol, and she reached out to the group, and she just got a ton of love and yes. some amazing advice. She did. And she, fo she followed that advice. Yeah. And she absolutely got herself on a wonderful uh, path for, you know, eight, nine 10 months, whatever, I can't quite remember. But then, as you say, she had a she had a slip and, uh, yeah. and she came back onto the group and said, mm. yeah, guys, th this has happened. Yeah. And, and again, and again, it was just an outpouring of love. So it's all right. Yeah, it is. I've just gone all goosebumpy. So, I mean, I think it's really important that if you are listening to this 
and wherever you are in the world, because you've got global people on there, haven't you? It's not just Australian and UK. You've yeah. got people from all around. Yeah, people in, in America and you don't. And, and I just want to say, you don't have to contribute. You can just be in the group and you can archive it. Yeah. So it's muted in yeah. your conversations. But then if yeah. you need that advice, I, I, I will say, I probably comment once every few weeks or whatever. I might, yeah. you know, yeah. I'll just think, shit, sure, I haven't been in the group radius. And that's fine. I think yeah. it's really important that, you know, there are so many communities out there that, you know, they're amazing. And I've had sober people on my podcast before. I've had loads of, I mean, in fact, I'm due to be on someone's later on this month, I think, where I'm a, I'm a guest. Um, and there are loads of people out there who, you know, are monetizing what they do. And that's absolutely fine. You know, they're coaches, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. this is a safe space for people that are thinking, are sober curious or who, who are teetotal at whatever stage you're at. And we'll make sure yeah. they, they'll just drop you a message. On LinkedIn, yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, right. just drop me a message on LinkedIn. But yeah, it's a hundred percent anonymous. It's a hundred percent confidential. Yeah. Um, the the only weird way anybody might know you is if you happen to share a telephone number with somebody yeah. who's on there. And the, the chances of that are slim. But if but if you do yes. happen to see somebody on there that you recognise, then guess what? You're in the same boat. So who cares? You are, and you don't. And I'm just want to say as well, you don't share anything publicly. There's never been yeah. any indication. And obviously, if people are celebrating sober success on LinkedIn, you know you don't. And you can go and say congratulations. People don't need to follow it back to you, especially those who are yeah. in early days. So, um, I just want to make sure we also contextualise where this sits within our amazing industry. Given that, you know, you and I joined at a similar time where the culture would have been very similar, I expect, because you, you indicated that before with this commiseration versus celebration. Where are we at now? Where do you see, because you, you recruit for recruitment companies like I do, so I think we're both positioned really well to, to answer this. Where is the industry right now on supporting sober life? Ooh. I mean, it appears to be trying to get better. Yep. And I'm sure it is to a degree. Oh, look, it is. No, that's not fair. That's not fair. So I'll give you two examples. I, I had a uh, an old client of mine. They'd been off on some uh, high performers rewards weekend thing, whatever they're called, and they were in Fiji. And they had a, a nine oh. o'clock meeting, which went for about two hours. So it was coming to about 11 o'clock, which is almost drinking time. And my client said, ordinarily, at that point on previous trips, everyone mm. has gone to the bar and just started yeah. early. But they didn't. They went for a run. They went to do yoga. They went for a swim. And then nobody really started drinking until well after lunch. <laughs> so that's, that's progress. <laughs> so that's we're, progress. we're pushing the can down the road. But yes, it's still progress. Yeah, that's Can I progress. just say, it, how, how far is Fiji in relation to Australia? Because is that like the equivalent of us going to Dublin or something? <laughs> There's nothing, there. Dublin, there's nothing wrong with Dublin. There's nothing wrong with Dublin, by the way. I think it's about four or five hours. I think it's about four or five Is it? hours. Right. And then, Fair and then I had another another MD ring me and he said, um, I'm trying to come up with a list of things that yeah, things that are genuinely entertaining for my people to go and do that don't involve alcohol. Pete, do you have a list? I said, No, mate, I don't. And I and I don't have time to produce one. I think it was suggesting I go and produce a list of uh sober activities. But anyway, right. the point is there are there are recruitment leaders who are starting to think about this stuff yeah are there yep. are there enough of course there aren't but no yeah i think it's, it's, i think that i think the, the gate's open now i do think the gate's open so. and i think from a narrative perspective the fact that when you became sober and when i became sober there was no alcohol free options it was just you either didn't yeah. drink or you drank that was it yeah. um so i think even the fact that now you can go out and still 
be part of the social engagement and have the alcohol free i think there's these are all baby steps right but i'm i'm seeing here in the uk that there, there seems to be and i don't think i've created an echo chamber on linkedin because i've got like twenty-seven thousand followers or whatever um, connections i think that people are trying to mindfully do things like you say that are not just centered around alcohol i mean you know if it's a night out axe throwing you're going for a nice meal um there's a lot more around sort of well-being dare i say it which i know you know it gets overused that word but i do actually think that as more and more companies recognize what true diversity and inclusion means you have to create a sense of belonging for everybody and that includes people who don't drink um and obviously we've got the all the intersections that go along with they don't just not drink they do their other stuff as well but i think i can see a shift and i think i'm going to ask you a really important question now which has been on my mind since we've started this bit of the, the podcast which is this is just that one listener who is in an environment right now they love their job they're doing really well like you know we've said we've, we've worked through a difficult market and they're actually doing okay but they've made the life choice to give up alcohol and they're in an environment where they maybe feel a bit embarrassed you know a bit of that shame or they're just worried about what the outcome will be because they're in a sociable environment what would your advice to that person be do they want to stay in that particular job you could answer it with yes and then no because i think that's how i you'd, you're gonna to have to answer it with yes and no aren't you so ideally so, not because they love their job and they love the people but let's say yes and no if it's the wrong if it's the wrong company in the wrong environment with the wrong leaders even though mm. they love the job then there's an argument to suggest that that's probably now not the right job not the right for job them. it's not the right mm. people for them so they, they mm. need to go and find an environment and a company and a culture and a leadership group who will be mm. accepting of their situation because some will some won't um, there are some people who don't drink who will still get persecuted, sadly, for, mm. for their choices. To a degree, yep. persecuted is probably a yep. strong word. Yeah, yeah. But they'll, yeah. they'll have the piss taken out. Have the piss taken out of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, probably yeah. a better Kinda. Way um, I, I, so, so Hannah and I did a 10-minute 10, 10 series of um, uh, scenarios where we followed the, the life cycle of somebody who decides to stop drinking in the mm. recruitment industry. And we tackle questions exactly like this. Yeah. 10 minute, 10 minute episodes. Right. Um, so please check them out. But to to answer your question, look, I, I think if they've got a relationship with their manager and mm. they are comfortable that they'll be accepted by the people around them for the choice that they've made, great, stay. Mm -hmm. um, don't rock the boat. You know, in fact, you, you shouldn't have to leave, quite frankly. It's, Agreed. It's, it's, a shame, it's a shame that that question has even been asked. But if they mm. feel that they're in an environment, environment, they're just going to have the piss taken out of them. Then, okay, yeah, move on. And I agree with you plenty, totally. Plenty I'm of, glad you've. Plenty of companies. I agree with you totally, and I think you know it's a, it's a term that's only really been talked about the last few years, but psychological safety, and that includes accepting that yeah. things change in people's lives. And if you've made yeah. a conscious decision that that's what you want to do for your mental health, for your well-being, for all the reasons that people do give up alcohol, of which it's mm. very, actually very rarely to do with the actual alcohol, it's to do with lifestyle um then i agree with what pete's just said i think that's absolutely right if you feel that you it's a safe enough environment for you to go and have that conversation to say actually i know you're just taking the piss i know it's a bit of banter but actually i feel really uncomfortable i'm really trying here and if that yeah. doesn't work then i do think it's time to find yourself somewhere that's safer and you know i think that actually a nice little footnote at the end of this podcast could be that for those leaders listening if you have created an environment that really not just accepts that people are choosing sober life but you practically encourage it 
shout about yeah. it shout about it on your you know your social media um i want yeah. to do a big shout out actually to katie mcnichol because i know that she's a performance coach and she's done quite a lot of work with energized group um and, and they've, they've they've done a big pop, a podcast around alcohol and sort of you know becoming teetotal or even just moderating so yeah. I, I hope that i've come to the end of this obviously we you know we never really know what we're going to talk about we kind of have an overview but i i personally feel that if i was listening to this i'm hoping you've not you've not felt preached to i'm hoping you found this mm. useful it might be not about you it might be about somebody that you know that you're working with that's going through this journey so i hope we've given you some advice and helpful tips to make them feel supported and there is a little expression that a lot of teetotalers use which is one day at a time it's actually a really great life hack to have anyway so don't be hard on yourself is my i want to finish on that is there anything you want to finish on pete when when people join the group um a lot of them say oh my god i wish i'd known that you people were here i wish i knew that mm. other recruiters existed that have a yeah. similar attitude to this yeah and then suddenly and suddenly they're in a group surrounded by those people so mm. please don't feel that you have to be like at your lowest of lows to see value in this if yeah. you just want to pop on and just be surrounded by recruiters who have a similar mindset. It's just, honestly, it, it really isn't a big deal. It's just a bunch no. of recruiters who don't drink. It is. It, it, we've all, we've all. I mean, I, I felt like a pariah for about two, three years, and somebody's confident, and I really am as confident as I appear. I am, and I've, I was treated like a pariah by a lot of people. Obviously, it's my own business, but you know, acquaintances. I'd, I'd be on social engagements as well as friends, um, and I just think as a lifestyle choice do what's right for you and hopefully this has given you confidence to know that you're not on your own so thank you so much and I, i've not heard any smoke alarms fire engines so i'm hoping yeah. which, which he's made which a success me, of dinner me even more to be honest he's ordered um, a, he's ordered a pizza you know that don't you could be happening. Uber can, eat. We do two, can we do two things before we go yes of can course we're doing I, a photo can i take a photograph just so to prove yeah i love this, this. you're gonna smile <laughs> cheeky bastard right there we go and, yes and i the, smiled and, thank you and the, and the other thing i need to do as well before we go is just confirm on record that frank wadsworth is not boring um <laughs> I, was, I was only joking um i love him like a brother i know yeah and 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 if you're looking for a job in manchester please go and see alicia or frank I was going to say thank you for remembering that I'm a competitor, but but do you know what? It's he is you know out of all the people in Manchester who do what I do, he is the one that I trust. He he is a true confidant, and and there's, I've always said there's enough space for all of us, for the good ones anyway. But yeah, I absolutely agree. Although his choice of football team is less, both of your football teams actually. So, but that's just because I'm now uh, one of the champions followers. But I've been following them for thirty odd years. So there you go. City, city fan, are you? Okay, yeah, well, I'm from Manchester, okay. so there you go. But yeah, I followed them when right. they were rubbish in the night in the early nineties. That's what I've been Good. following them a long time. So it's been well, a new be joyful. Good. Good. It was. And... It was lovely. It was lovely. But I need your help, Lisha. I need your help getting the uh, getting the word out on the recruiter's wagon. So hopefully. Uh, people will, will be it. hearing about the recruiter's wagon from you a little bit more moving they forward. will and if and if you would rather if you feel that you're you know me better when you're listening to this contact me and, and i'll get you in the in the in the recruiter's right. wagon there's enough room for everybody thank Very you so good. much for joining right. us today Pete. thank you Nicely. the recruiter's recruitment podcast is thrilled to be partnering with inclusion crowd inclusion crowd put the d into diversity but do it disruptively we love that really reflecting what we're about. 
I was introduced to Inclusion Crowd back in 2020, and I've been absolutely blown away with what they're doing to totally transform the recruitment and hiring sector. They believe at Inclusion Crowd that companies should be reflective of society and that no matter who you are listening now, you have a story to tell. You have a contribution to make. An Inclusion Crowd educates you in allowing your voice to come out and share that story, but doing it in a way that educates your colleagues and your customers equally. Inclusion Crowd, like the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, has clients all over the world and they specialize in our industry. What we all want to do together is to maintain best practice and to raise industry standards to enable us to attract and retain the best talent, but doing so inclusively and with true diversity. By doing this, by accomplishing a true EDI policy within your business, you will also retain the top talent as well as attract new talent, which is a win-win for everybody listening, making more profitable business and a much better industry, higher regard, highly regarded. Inclusion Crowd are also the official awarding body for the Inclusion and Diversity Certification Mark within recruitment. We are so proud to be assisting and partnering Inclusion Crowd. If you want to know more information, please click on the link in this episode and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you do so. Now, back to the episode. We are so proud to be partners of Needy, the gifting revolution. Here at Key Recruitment, we absolutely love to send out bespoke gifts to our new place candidates to welcome them in their new jobs, but also as an extra special thank you to clients or when a team is celebrating something really special. But to be honest, we were really fed up with dull or mediocre gifts that you could just buy on the high street that didn't really reflect who we are at Key Recruitment as a business. This is why we chose Needy. Needy source sustainably from the UK's best independent businesses, offering the most perfect array of bespoke gifts and experiences too. So no more boring bottles of plonk or rubbish boxes of chocolates. This is how you make your customers day with a gift that really matters and shows that you really want to do something special for them. For more information on how psychology and AI forming to make the best gift experience for you, click on the link and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when ordering. Now, back to the episode. 